is at work in his church. What that means is, he's at work in the life of the individual, transforming the heart and the mind to be the people he has called us to be. This work will challenge us and take us out of our comfort zone. But through this process, we become stronger and better equipped to live the lives God has called us to live. Lives of virtue, lives of holiness, here and now, under construction. Family, how's everybody doing this morning? It is so good to see you here today, and uh, it's always good to see you here today, uh, or it's always good to see you here in this place, and uh, I'm thankful for the opportunity we have each and every week to come and gather together, to worship together as a faith family. Uh, you know, it, I was thinking just this week about just the blessing and the value of, of friendship and family and community and, and uh, fellowship and all those things, and just thinking about just how blessed we are to be able to come into this place and worship together in spirit and truth and and uh, just how much I, I love you guys and and uh, I love what God is doing in this place you know this past week uh, our staff we started off uh, with our staff devotion and uh, as we were getting into God's word it was pretty obvious to all of us uh, this week that it was just a different time than normal and God was beginning to just stir the hearts and our and our souls you know, as we were reading through His Word and just talking together and spending that time in God's Word together as a staff, and 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 almost immediately, I just began to have this sort of renewed value for coming together and just spending time in God's Word and worshiping together. And uh, this week, I had an opportunity. Both of my children were in town, uh, which means all three of our grandchildren were in town, and I love that. I love the opportunity to just spend time with our our grandchildren. Our, our, our oldest grandchild, Caroline, which some of you know, she's almost three, and she has this thing that just warms my heart every time she, she, she says it. But she says to me, she says, Granddad, come play. And, and I love that. You know, I, I'm not really one to play with toys anymore. Uh, just gave that up last year. But it's, um, but it's one of these things where I just love when she says, you know, come play with me. And she has this thing where... When you walk over there, she sits down and she's got her toy in front of her. She sits down and she says, sit here. And what she means is not two feet away. She means where her finger is touching the ground, which is about six inches from her body. And so it means that what she wants is for me to sit right next to her, shoulder to shoulder. So as we play, there's this closeness there. And I'm just melting as this is happening. You know, I'm like, oh, this is the sweetest thing in the whole world, you know, and and uh, then she won't share her toys with me, but you know, it's it's fun, it's it's awesome. But just thinking about family and just thinking about friendship and community, uh, I tell you, it means a lot. And I, I say all that this morning because I want you to know that each and every week when I get up here and I say good morning, faith family, and I say how are you, and I'm so glad to see you. I mean what I'm saying because I I, I tell you what I love what God is doing here, and I love you, and I love. Uh, the fact that here this is not just a church this is a faith family God's brought us here together for a reason and I look forward each and every week of just spending time with you and just I, I wish we could just hang out all week I know we all have jobs to do and that kind of thing but it, it's just a wonderful time and I hope you 
I hope you enjoy getting together and worshiping God and celebrating Jesus as much as I do. Amen? So, um, amen. Thank you, Thera. Uh, but it's, <laughs> but it's, uh, it's just a, it's a wonderful time for me, and I hope it is for you. I want to pray, uh, now that we're beyond all the tear-shedding moments and, you know, warm fuzzies that I was speaking this morning, uh, I want to pray for us. I believe God has a, a really just amazing word for us. Not because, you know, I feel like I put some great sermon together, but I believe that God is just wanting to speak really into our hearts this morning. He has a, a really interesting word to share from, from His word with us this morning. And I think you're going to be encouraged, and I think you're going to be blessed, and I think you're going to be challenged to just really pursue God more as we dive into His word. So let's pray and prepare our hearts and our minds and our souls for what God wants to do today and just pray that God would do business with us here this morning pray with me if you will dear heavenly father lord jesus holy spirit of god lord we do thank you for your presence in our life we thank you for your presence in this place as we as a as a faith family as we gather here together god as we come together in pure adoration and praise for you god our desire in everything we do whether it's greeting people at the door whether it's tending to babies in our nursery whether it's you know the guys behind the scene or whether what's it's what's happening in this room here now god my desire is that everything we do in this place will bring glory to your name god i pray that as we dive into your word that you would prepare our hearts and our minds to hear from you that you would prepare for us to just really receive a word from you this morning as we look into your truth and God, you begin to really challenge us with, uh, with your truth. I pray, Father, that we would be moved. God, uh, we would be at a place in our life where we would begin to delight in you this morning. God, that we would be drawn ever closer to who you are as our Lord and our Savior. Father, we would just welcome you in this place. God, we, we love you and we're thankful for just every great thing that you're doing here and father i pray that as we dive into your word god you would just expand that ever the more lord we love you so much and we thank you in jesus name amen a while back i started reading through the bible uh, again and i know i know what you're probably thinking you're probably thinking well pastor david we would expect you to read the bible you know but i mean i mean doing that where you begin to read from Genesis to Revelation, you know, like read the Bible in a year kind of thing. And I begin to, 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 to read back through the Bible. I've done this several times in my life, many times actually. In fact, in seminary, we were told that we had to do, uh, we had to read through the whole Bible in one semester. It was my first semester at seminary, and that was the fastest I've ever read through Scripture in my life. I didn't really, I don't think I gleaned much from it, but I guess they wanted us to, to just make sure that we've read the Bible. And so, we, we had to read the Bible through and through uh, in, in one semester. And, uh, but this time, when I started back reading through the Scriptures, uh, I wanted to take my time. I wanted to really just, if it took a year, if it took six years, I just wanted to read through the Bible this time and just glean as much as I could from God's Word. And, 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 and God really began to just speak uh, into my life. I, I felt like just that time uh, with God and, and reading through His Word that He use that as an opportunity to really just begin to pour into me and it just really felt different this time I don't know why but it really began to feel different and I finally got to a place where I was reading in Psalms and and I love Psalms uh, Psalms 
uh, is a book, it's a collection, if you will, of poems and songs and, and hymns and, and, and prayers. And it's just a, it's, a, it's a collection of books that really is intent on helping us refocus or focus, maybe for the first time, but to, but to focus on God. It, it takes us to a place where, we, where, where our, our aim is devotion to God and praise to God and, and adoration to God and ultimately worship to God. And so it's a really interesting book. And, and uh, I don't know if you've ever read through Psalms, but if you haven't, I encourage you to do so. I got to Psalm 119, and that was that's always been kind of my favorite psalm or one of my favorite psalms. There's a lot of good ones in there. And I got to Psalm 119, and I, I just began to really be challenged by God's Word. It really began to encourage my heart, and, and I felt like it was, it was there that maybe God was redirecting my heart and my love and my, my, my adoration toward Him. And, and, and it's really where God began to do something incredible in my life and so this morning that's where I want to start off with us here if you have your Bibles and I hope you do go ahead and turn to Psalm 119 Psalm 119 we're going to start there this morning and we're going to start looking at verse 9 and go through verse 16 now as I mentioned Psalms is is intentional in directing us or redirecting us like I said our, our hearts on praise and adoration and parts of Psalms was actually used as hymns and worship services of ancient Israel it's, it's, uh, it's one that they used to sing praises to God psalm it comes from a, a Greek word that it literally means a song sung along with musical instruments which is what we do here on Sunday morning amen and I, I love that time together and just, and just praise and worship with our faith family uh, but Psalm 119 is one of my favorites and today I want us to read starting with verse 9 and going through verse 16 read along here with me as we go through this text the psalmist he writes this he says how can a young man keep his way pure by guarding it according to your word with my whole heart I seek you let me not wander from your commandments I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you Blessed are you, O Lord, teach me your statutes. With my lips I declare all the rules of your mouth. In the way of your testimony I delight as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. The phrase that really jumped out at me this time in reading through Psalm 119 and specifically this text was a, was a, was a phrase that hasn't really gripped my heart like it did this time. I, typically when I read this, I focus on really the, the three things that the psalmist is revealing to us to help uh, recognize the need of keeping our way righteous or keeping our way pure. And we're going to talk about that this morning as we dive into this text and, and go a little bit deeper but the part that really just jumped out at me this time as I was looking at this text was this phrase that says I delight in you or I will uh, delight in your statutes I, I, this phrase I delight really grabbed my heart this time 
Because I, I got to thinking about this, and it, it seems like all too often that in our Christian world today, in, our, in Christianity today, that we have so many believers who are living their life and they're professing Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and they're living their life, and in many ways they're pursuing the things of the Lord, but as they, as they live their life, the thing that I often see as I look into their life is not delight in the Lord at all. It just seems like life is just so difficult for them that they just can't hardly bear it. And oftentimes I, I see instead of just delighting in the Lord, I see, I see uh, you know, people who are, who are living for Jesus, but there's, there just seems to be more complaint than there is praise and more you know, just discontentment than there is adoration and worship. And I think that might have been why it jumped out at me this time. In fact, I found myself looking at this and wondering if I myself am delighting in the Lord the way I should be delighting in the Lord. I mean, obviously I would speak high praises of God and, and Jesus and celebrate Him and all that He has done in my life. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm always doing that. But, but there are times in my life where I don't feel as though I'm necessarily delighting in the Lord, that I'm, I'm finding joy in the Lord and peace and excitement and just really pure happiness in the Lord. And, and, and I, I think oftentimes I, I look into my life and there's just, not a, there, there's just not the kind of peace that surpasses all understanding. Oftentimes that peace and that joy and that delight is replaced with so many other things and, and so many other emotions in my life. And so maybe that's why it sort of jumped out at me this time. I, too, like the psalmist, I, I want to find delight in God. I want to I find delight in, in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so as I read this, it really just sort of captivated me this time. The psalmist, he starts off with the question in our text. And I want us to look at that. Starting here with verse 9, here's, here's the question that is asked. It says, how can a young man keep his way pure obviously this is very relevant for women as well but the the psalmist is writing this question and he asks a very important question he says how is it that i can keep my way pure in other words how is it that i can keep uh keep uh in step with the holy spirit how is it that i can ensure that i'm keeping my way righteous and holy and so this is the question that the psalmist starts off with asking and i think it's a very interesting question that he is asking I think it's very interesting because the question seems to be and it seems to be sort of pointing to a law focused and, and, and what I mean by that is that in other words it seems to be uh, saying you know you know how can I be good as a person how can I remain righteous as a person how can I be more obedient as a person and so it you know, it seems to me that when asking that sort of question, the answer would be very simple. How do I keep my way pure? Well, it's simple. Just don't sin. And so it just, you know, I mean, that's what it sort of looks like. I mean, that's really, I wouldn't be surprised if the psalmist says, how does a young man keep his way pure? He doesn't sin anymore. I mean, that would make, you know, really a rational, that'd be a rational explanation. It would be a It'd be an explanation I would be satisfied with. Okay, I get it. I just need to, you know, shun sin in my life. I need to get away with that. But that isn't what the psalmist does here. The psalmist is really pointing to the pleasures that we have in God as he asks this question. And we know that because he gets to the last part of this where he talks about delighting in the Lord. And, and so he, he, he's saying, he's saying, how do we do this? 
but how do we find joy in doing this and how do we you know how do we seek God in doing this and 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 you know to where the end result would be more delight rather than just feeling as though we're in bondage you know to things of this to the commands of the law and so here we see the psalmist as he begins to sort of reveal this truth to us this writing to us he he begins to answer this question how can a young man keep his way pure now obviously you know rejecting sin is a part of that and he he mentions that in this text but he offers so much more to it as we dive into it and so he basically offers three ways that we can keep our way pure and this is what i want to share with you this morning the first way is that we can buy, we can we can uh keep our way pure by guarding it now what does he mean by by guarding it it says here in the text he says by guarding it according to your word what is he talking about he's talking about the way the path the spiritual journey that this particular person might be on how can we keep our way pure this word way is often associated with words like our journey or our walk in the new testament we talk a lot about about our way being our journey with jesus christ keeping in step we were talking about last week keeping in step with the holy spirit and even last week we talked about the 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 uh the the two different paths that we can choose we can choose to walk in the flesh and walk in sin which is not a good choice to make or we can choose to walk with the holy spirit the leading of the holy spirit of god and allow him to lead us and guide us down the the right path the correct path or the one that's most healthy for us and so here we see the psalmist and he asks the question how can we keep our way pure in other words the direction in which we're going as children of God how can we ensure that we keep it pure and the first thing he says is by guarding this path guarding this way if you will and so we see here where he says guarding it according to your word and then he says this in verse 10 with my whole heart I seek you let me not wander from your commandments you know the reality is every one of us here today are on a spiritual journey every single person sitting in this room now you may be thinking you know well I'm, I'm still a doubter uh, you may even be a self-professing atheist you know uh, or you could be the most deepest mature Christ follower follower that ever lived no matter where you are today in your faith or even maybe your lack of faith here this morning you know the reality is no matter where you are we're all on this spiritual journey and the reason we know that is because that's what god created us to do is to take this spiritual journey to to uh to live out a spiritual journey if you will and so here the psalmist as he is writing this he he says listen you need to guard your way you need to guard your path you need to protect it if you will and he here's what he does he tells us how to go about guarding it he says here in verse 10 he says with my whole heart i want you to see that with my whole heart he doesn't say jesus you're going to get some of my life but not all of it he doesn't say jesus you know uh you know i, I listen we spend sundays together isn't that enough he doesn't say that he says I, I, i'm going to guard it with my whole heart there's this 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 idea or this truth of being fully devoted to god that comes with guarding your way or guarding your spiritual journey he, he says he says we're going to be fully uh, involved here with my whole heart i'm going to do these two things and this is what he says here he says i'm going to seek you and i'm going to 
not wonder from your commandments. And so he says two things. He says, I'm going to seek God. In other words, God becomes the aim in his life. God becomes the target in his life. God is central to his spiritual journey. He, he is seeking after God. He's fully devoted. He's fully involved. He, his heart is in it 100%. He's going to pursue the things of God, not the things of this world, not the things of the flesh. He's going to pursue God because God is his aim. And then he says, I'm going to also reject sin in my life. I'm going to reject sin. I'm going to, I'm going to turn away from those things. And so with my whole heart, I'm going to pursue you. You know, Jesus said the same sort of thing when we get to the Gospel of Matthew and we're reading through Beatitudes and then the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 6. Jesus says these words. He says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things will be added to you. What things? Well, delight in the Lord. The things that we're talking about. Uh, delight in the Lord. Uh, a fulfilled life. Peace that surpasses all understanding. All of these things will be added to you. If you do what? If you seek first, there's that, that commitment or that devotion, first the things of righteousness. If you seek first the, the things uh, of righteousness, uh, the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things will be added to you. To you, And so there's this idea that the psalmist presents to us, this truth, if you will, that, that we must guard our spiritual journey. We must not allow things in that may be harmful. We must keep things out. We must keep Jesus the focus and our eyes always centered on the cross. And so, the, so guarding our path is important. That's what he lays out. But he also, he also speaks of something else. He speaks of testifying of the treasures of God. I love this. He speaks of testifying of the treasures of God. Look at what he says here, starting with verse 13. He says, with my lips I will declare all the rules of your mouth. I mean, of, of your mouth. He says, in the way of your testimonies, I delight as much as in all the riches. I love what he says here. He says, the psalmist says this. He says, with my lips I will declare. I will, I will give testimony. To what? He points to the riches of God. In other words, this psalmist, as he goes about living his life, as he goes about pursuing the things of God, as he makes God aim in his life, the aim in his life, as he rejects sin and he pursues Jesus, as he pursues God, as he does all of these things, he says, I will also be speaking about it. You know, so often we think of a testimony as that thing that we do on a, a video that, we, you know, JT, he may have called you one day and says, hey, will you do this? And you're like, no, you know, there's no way I'm going to do that. Or maybe, some, but some of you have, you've given testimony on video, or maybe bringing somebody up here. We often think a testimony is that sort of thing where, you know, if we get an opportunity, we might share our story of life change and how God kind of came into our life and he impacted our life. And so we might, we might share that once or twice in our life. We don't typically think about giving testimony daily, but I believe that's what's being said here. I believe what he's saying is, he says, my heart is fully devoted on the things of God, and as I live out my life, as I continue down my spiritual journey with God being my aim and this, this pushing away of sin, as I push forward, I'm going to continually give praise to Jesus. I'm going to talk of the riches that I have in the Father. I'm going to talk about the riches that I have in God. And so here we, we see the psalmist as he begins to find delight in testifying of the goodness 
of God and praising his name. You know, I, I love the story of the woman at the well. Uh, for many of us here today, I'm sure that's a pretty familiar passage, but it goes something like this. Jesus and his disciples, they walk into Samaria. And, and as they arrive, they go to the local community well. Oftentimes, towns back then, they would have one well where people would go to draw water. And so Jesus goes there, and the disciples say, hey, we're going to go into town, we're going to get something to eat. And Jesus says, okay, guys, well, I'm going to hang out here for a minute, rest my feet, whatever he's going to do. He's just going to kind of hang out at the well. They're going to return with the food in a little bit. And while he's there alone, a Samaritan woman approaches. And she comes with the, the intent to draw water from the well. And so Jesus is sitting there, and he asks her if she would draw him a drink of water from the well. And what we see is this sort of snarky reply from this woman because back then, Jewish people and Samaritan people, they just didn't talk. They didn't get along. They didn't, they didn't speak to one another. And so what we see with this woman at the well is she looks at Jesus and she says, how would it be that you as a Jew would ask me for a drink of water? I mean, if there was ever a comment that was more like, I don't want nothing to do with you, it was that comment as she sort of just pointed to him and just you know, claimed him as a Jew. And so here, Jesus continues to talk. I mean, he didn't let that defeat him. He just continues to talk to her. He continues to share with her who he is and why he's there. And what happens is, Jesus begins to gain some respect from this woman. And so what happens is, she moves from a place of just sort of snarkily calling him a Jew to calling him a sir. She says, sir, it's pretty obvious that you, you know, you're a good man, she says. And then, as he continues to talk, she begins to sort of see him differently it's really funny because you read the story and she starts out calling him a Jew and then she calls him a sir and as he speaks she sees wisdom in this man so she says sir I, I see you uh, you obviously must be some sort of rabbi and so now he's going from Jew to rabbi and he's doing good right and he continues to share with her and as he tells this as he continues to share with her who he is she eventually comes to that place where her eyes are open and she begins to realize that this is just not some ordinary man. This is the Savior, Jesus Christ. This is the Messiah that they have been waiting for. And you know, one of the things that we see that's really amazing in this story is the woman, she sets her jar down, her water jar. I mean, she's done forgot she went there for water, right? I mean, this is just too good. She sets the water jar down. And what it says in Scripture is she ran into the community. She ran into the town, and she began to tell all the people in the community, come and see Jesus. Come and meet the Christ. I want to show you something in John 4 here that we think about as we look into this text. We begin to see something really amazing. In John 4, 39, it says this, Many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of what? Because of the woman's testimony. Because of the woman's testimony. You know, we have this amazing opportunity every single day to live our life and bring glory to God, to live our life pursuing his righteousness, guarding our pathway, and giving testimony to his greatness and I pray that that's what we're doing as we leave this place that, that Jesus isn't just an encounter that we expect to happen on Sunday morning but as we go out and we live our life and we live our life in pursuit of his truth and, and his righteousness 
that the thing that is most on our lips is the testimony of His greatness in our life. That's my prayer. That's my hope. And that's what the truth of God's Word challenges us to do. So we have this guarding of our path. We have this testimony of the treasures of God. And then finally, we have this. And this is where I want us to really kind of zoom in on here for just a moment. We have the meditating on the truth of God's Word. The meditation on the truth of God's Word. We see here in this text where the psalmist, he says this. He says, I will meditate on your precepts. That is his teachings. Okay? The, the psalmist says, I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. I think this one is very interesting to me. I know it is. I know I'm also challenged by this, this third way of keeping our way pure, right? Meditation. I look at this, and the reason that this is, is, is very interesting to me is that I think about this, and I, I wonder, I pretty much, I think, understand or know that this is probably not a part of most of our daily routines, is it? Meditation. Now, I'm not saying we don't spend time with God. I'm not saying that we don't pray. I, I imagine most of us in this room spend time in God's Word. We, we might read God's Word. We might read a devotion. We get up in the morning. We spend time in prayer. If your prayer is anything like mine, you know, I begin to pray, and I begin to spend time praying for those who have asked me to pray for them. And I spend that time with prayer. But often, at the end of that prayer, it ends with something like this. Amen. Oh, my goodness, i got to go. And then my prayer begins to look like this. Lord, would you keep, as I'm having to get to downtown as quick as I can, would you keep all the lights on Ashley Green for me, right? And so worry begins to enter into my mind because I'm going to be late for an appointment or, or whatever. And, and I'm, my day begins, as soon as that amen, it's like time with God is done. It's time to move on and get busy with all the work that I have to do. And I charge out the door. And the problem with that is that although I have offered many prayers, prayer, goodness, many walking with the Holy Spirit, right? It came in like a rushing wind. The problem with that is that as we as we offer up our prayers to God as we lift up our voices and we, we, we let him know all the things that obviously he doesn't know that we need to let him know so that he can you know, do something in our life, right? We, we, we're praying to God. We're spending time just praying for God and we, we do all of that and then we rush out the room only to not give God an opportunity to speak into our life. Where is the... Where is that moment in our devotion and where is that moment in our prayer life where we literally sit still long enough for God to speak. This is very interesting that the psalmist would say. The boys better get it straightened out back there. I don't know what that is. It's like, you know. But where's that moment in our life that we're devoting our time simply hearing from God. Listen to what listen to how you define meditate. This is the definition of meditate. It's to engage in contemplation or reflection. To think deeply or focus on one's mind for a period of time in silence. You see that? 
When was the last time you tried to sit still and clear your mind of everything and delight in the Lord for just a moment, giving Him opportunity to speak into your heart? When was the last time that happened? The reason that was so challenging for me as I read through this passage is because I can't tell you the last time that I did that. My life is so crazy these days that oftentimes I'm not sitting still long enough for God to speak into my life. A couple of weeks ago, we were at a conference, Linnell and I, and the guy that was, he was speaking on meditation. And it was kind of interesting because I knew I'd be preaching on this text when, when, when he started sharing with us. But he challenged us. He says, I want to give you 60 seconds. And I want you to think for just a moment. I want you to think of, uh, of just doing this. I want you to clear your minds of all the clutter. How many of you got clutter in your heads these days? Okay, about half of us. The other half are lying. Um, but but we, we just got so much clutter in our minds, don't we? We got so much stuff in our, in our minds. It's just, I mean, it's just crazy when you think about it. But he gave us this opportunity. He said, I want to give you this opportunity to clear your minds. This is a spiritual discipline to, to reflect on the things of God. But even in your reflection, just be still and be silent for just one moment. And he, and he gave us this chance to do this. And, 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 and so he says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you 60 seconds. I'm going to tell you when to start and when to stop. And I want you to just clear your head for 60 seconds and see if you can do it. And I'm going to give you, I'm going to just be transparent with you. I'm going to tell you how my time went, okay? My, my 60 seconds, this is how it went. Two seconds, it was clear as a bell. On the third second, this is what went through my mind. I wonder what Linnell's thinking that quick in two seconds my mind went from God to Linnell about 30 seconds into it I'm like I'm wondering if she's taking this serious I started judging her in my thoughts she doesn't look like she's taking this serious and then in the last second right before he said stop it dawned on me I failed this this opportunity to to be still with God I mean I'm sitting there going I don't even know if I had a moment with God. And I'm like, can we have a do-over? Have you ever wanted a do-over? I'm like, we need to do this exercise again. But here's what I'm confident of. I'm confident I would have probably failed again because there's so much clutter in the head. So much clutter in the mind. We have just gotten so far away from reflection and meditation. Even though the scriptures are very obvious that that should be a daily part of our life, we've gotten so far away from it. We are so out of practice, we can't even do it when we try. Meditating on the things of God. I want to I close this morning with a passage that we were, we were looking at as staff this week. and I think it's just something that we all need to hear this morning. If you will, turn to Exodus chapter 14. Just one moment. I'm almost done. I know we're five minutes over. We're only going to be like 30 minutes over when I finish. But Exodus chapter 14, I want to read this as quickly as I can to you. Because I believe this is something that we all need to hear here. Here's what's happened. Israel, as you know, was in bondage for so long to the Egyptians. For hundreds of years, they were in bondage to, to, to the Egyptians. And, and Moses has finally convinced Pharaoh to let them go. To, you know, I mean, there's plague after plague. He's kind of like, man, we need to get rid of these people. Let them go. Let them do their own thing. 
And so Moses has led the people out away from bondage. You would think there'd be huge dancing in the street celebration. They're no longer slaves to Egypt. So they're, they're leaving and they're going out. And so suddenly Pharaoh, he has this sort of change of mind. He's like, what have I done? Who's going to do the work around here? This isn't, this isn't going to work. I probably should have had a different plan, right? And so he gathers his army. He gathers his army. He says, we're going to go out there and we're going to destroy these uh, Israelites. We're going to go out there and we're going to get them. Anybody in this room ever been pursued by an army <laughs> that wants to kill you? I know some of our military guys probably have. But the army, Pharaoh's army, is chasing after them. And I want you to look at how this story unfolds because I think it's very applicable to how you and I live our life so often on a day-by-day basis. Israel is in the desert now, and this is what the Scripture says in verse 10, Exodus 14. It says, when Pharaoh drew near the people of Israel, they lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them, and they feared greatly. Have you ever feared greatly in your life? If you haven't, you haven't lived long enough. I think for most all of us, there's things in our life, amen, that just causes fear in our life, that causes us anxiety and worry and says the Israelites they feared greatly and the people of Israel they cried out to the Lord and they said to Moses it is because there is or is it because there are no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness what have you done to us in bringing us out of Egypt is not this what we said to you in Egypt leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians for it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. I want you to see what has just happened here. God has just delivered the Israelites from Egypt. And now that there's a little bit of hardship in their life, now that there's something that might cause a little bit of fear in their life, they're suddenly saying to Moses and to God, they're saying, they're saying, wouldn't it have been better to stay a slave in Egypt than to have freedom and have to trust in you. Wouldn't it have been better to stay in bondage? At least we weren't going to die. Do you see what's happened to the Israelites? Suddenly, there's no delight in the Lord. Suddenly, there's no adoration and praise. All there is is complaint. All there is in this moment in their life is man wishing they could go back the way it was yeah being a slave is hard but I mean you know we're not facing death and so instead of trusting in God instead of delighting in the Lord what they instead do is desire to return where God has just delivered them from now look at what it says and Moses said to the people fear not Stand firm and see the salvation of the Lord which He will work for you today. You know, I know the response that most of us give when we hear something like that or read something like that in Scripture when we're facing a great challenge. We go, yeah, but you're not going through what I'm going through. As though my problem is greater than anybody else's problem in the whole world, right? Yeah, but Pastor David, you don't understand. This is tough. 
That's what we do, isn't it? I love how this text wraps up because I think this is what we need to hear today. This is what we need to hear today. Moses said to the people, Fear not, stand firm, and see salvation of the Lord, which He will work for you today. Look at this. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you will never see again. Look at verse 14. The Lord will fight for you, and you have only to be silent. You have only to be silent. When was the last time you were silent before the Lord? When was the last time you were silent in your greatest fear? It usually doesn't happen because we're so busy falling on our knees, crying out to God, saying, God, help me. You don't realize what's going on. Instead of trusting in the Lord and believing that He will fight for us and all we need to do is meditate on His goodness, delight in the Lord, praise and worship Him in the midst of our suffering. Even more so in our suffering. Where is our ability to trust in God when we most need to trust in God I can tell you we, we haven't heard from God so we don't even think that God is near we think God is somehow abandoning us in our, in our, in our circumstances when in fact we've been so busy talking to Him we've never heard Him I'm convinced of this that the reason most of us go around claiming that we're not hearing from God that we're going through a dry spell in our spirituality is because we're spending so much time speaking and not enough time listening how would we ever know our way when all we're doing is making noise before the Lord and so this morning I hope that you see the value the importance of meditation encourage you with this this morning I'll finish up with this two things I want to encourage you to do this week just give this a try first of all devote yourself to the Lord be still be silent and listen be still be silent I'm not saying give up on God's word I'm not saying don't pray but find some time in your life this week just to be still and know that He is God. And allow Him the opportunity to speak into your life. The second thing I want to challenge you with is this. Every day, get up and ask yourself, what is it that the Holy Spirit has for me today? What is it that the Holy Spirit has for me today? I just want to challenge you with that. In just a moment, I'm going to pray and and uh, our band's going to come out, and we're going to sing that last song. and We'll have this time of response for you to respond in whatever way God's calling you to respond. But, but today, maybe your greatest act of worship. Every week, we open this altar up to a time of prayer. Maybe today, maybe today, your greatest act of worship is coming to this altar and not praying, but listening. 
Listen to the words, the lyrics of the songs that are being sung. Worship with your heart, not your voice. Maybe that's your greatest act of worship this morning, to come to this place. And I know how tough it is to get out of a comfort place. You know, we feel like everybody's watching. Who cares? This is you and God we're talking about, right? Who cares what anybody thinks if you get up and you come down here and you be still before the Lord? Who cares? This is the Word of God that's speaking into our hearts to say, to say what? Guard your path. Keep in step with the Holy Spirit of God. Guard your path. Meditate. Be still. Be silent. Listen. God may remove the cloudiness and the clutter in our minds and speak into our hearts that we may know His will for our life. That He may give us the answers of truth that we so desperately need. What does it matter if anybody... I, I, would, I would guess that that's probably a lie that we say to ourselves anyway. Nobody cares if you come down here. In fact, you may encourage someone else to come down here and just spend time with God. Do we not gather in this place on Sunday morning that God would speak into our hearts, that He would mold and shape our lives into fully mature believers of Christ Jesus? Jesus didn't go to the cross and die in vain. Jesus went to the cross and died and went to the grave and rose from the grave to have victory over sin and death. And that is the greatest gift that He could give to you. That is sanctifying our, whole, our hearts and our souls. Let us be the children of God that says, you know what, today... going to listen to what God wants to say to me let's pray Father thank you so much for this day and thank you God for your presence in our life God you're so